everyone. This is the Easy Allies podcast. I'm your moderator, Kyle Bossman. Joining us this week, Ben Moore. Hey. Daniel Bloodworth. Hello. And Brandon Jones. Yeah. 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 Jones. And not Ian Hank. Oh, yeah. Shout Ian out Hank. to Ian Hank. Yep. Shout out to Ian Hank. Shout out. Uh, Jones, do you remember Usher's Yeah? Do you remember where you were the first time you heard Usher's Yeah? I really like that song, actually. Yeah. I do. I like it a lot. It's not a bad song. Do you remember, like, <laughs> do you ever have any memories of listening to that song? Uh-huh. What? Do you, what? Just, I just remember, I don't remember, like, where I was. Where were you? When I don't remember where I was. Were you I in was. college? It was on the radio, though. No, I, I don't think that was college. I think I was out. Okay. Out in the real world. So you're out in the real world. I was somewhere doing business. You're a young professional. <laughs> yes. Usher's Yeah comes on the radio, and you're into it. I'm into it, and I remember thinking at the time, this is not music I normally, like, know exists. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like, I'll see a promo for the Grammys, and there'll be some song, and I'm like... I bet that was a big song this year. I just didn't, you know, I'm not out there buying albums. I don't have, you know. Yeah, it was I'm not everywhere. on iTunes every day looking for the hot the hot clicks. Do um, you think, like, we should do a show where we look look at songs and, like, talk about our feelings about them? We're going to get there. Yeah. I <laughs> need the first episode to be Brandon Jones talking about, yeah. <laughs> Let's play Glennies and Cauldron instead. This is, of course, where our witch friend Glenny, who is trying to concoct a most vile video game, she trusts us to go shopping for ingredients to throw into her cauldron that will someday become a most vile uh, video game. Uh, the ingredients are sold to us by our patrons. We have two options this mm. week. We must pick one. Uh, first comes from Stephen Wilbur. Uh, the first waterfall you discover has a secret cave, but the following 23 do not. Those are simply waterfalls. Or from Jordan Brown, uh, there is no way to tell how much time you've played. Hmm. A lot of games have that. Yeah, and it sucks. Or don't have that, if rather. I hate yeah. it. If yeah. the first yeah. game had an achievement that popped up after you found that that mm-hmm. said, don't go chasing waterfalls, Ooh. I think that'd be great. <laughs> I think I'd be bending the rules a little bit because then you would think, I got, can't I, check the others. I couldn't let it go. Sorry. <laughs> I, I think the waterfall thing is better, but I have to imagine that there's got to be something b- better you could do with the whole concept of waterfalls. Like, yeah. Go on. What do you mean? I I, I, th- I wonder if the you know twisting the knife is they all look like they're literally shaped like there's a the beginnings of a hole right, right. dead end immediately tell. it just yes. goes five feet in and then stops yeah. so they all look like there's a tunnel every single one of them but there never is how about even like a spinning shiny thing that you can see through the water are we allowed to modify can we change I mean, yeah, there's simply that there's no secret cave behind the other 23, so we can modify for sure. Oh, okay, but that first one has it, because that's too much of a gift, I think. Too much of a gift. That first one, you feel good? Yes. And then later you're like, well, you know, this one didn't have it, but that first one was Mm -hmm. so satisfying. I I feel bad even giving them that first one. No, I think think you need to have one there to establish that it could be there. I think that's the whole trick. You get far enough into the game, you're enjoying it, and then now I'm too far. I have to finish it, but this game's just terrible. You keep checking. You're, you're you deep in the game. needs to be something really good in that first one. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And then, yeah, there are definitely, like, let's say, I mean, most multiplayer shooters, I guess, don't say total time you've played. Red Dead doesn't say total time. That's annoying, dude. Don't <laughs> yeah, you want to know? I, I, I want to know, but it's just commonplace. It's just, you know. I, every time I play a game. Yeah. I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to how long to beat. I'm going to see how long it is. Like, yes. I need to know. But I feel like when I can't know, it's just fighting my own worst impulses. It's like, listen, put it down. You don't need to open the internet browser. You don't need to go to how long to beat. Just play the game. Mm. 
And so I think that can be can be soothing like as well as annoying. I kind of only care for the sake of when people ask me when I'm reviewing something. Yeah. Otherwise, I really don't. Huh. I have no idea for some games. So. so weird. I take like a sense of pride in it, an RPG especially. Just yeah. like, oh, here I am, nine hours in, baby. I also, um, I also totally screw that up a lot of the time. I'll just like have the game sit around on pause and answer too. emails oh, that and bugs stuff. Me. Oh, yeah, yeah. That bugs me. Yeah. All right, so we got to choose one ingredient. Which one are we picking? Waterfall. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, so we're going to thank you, Stephen Wilbur. We're going to toss uh, the waterfall, the first one leading to a secret cave, 23 after, and not leading to nothing. And then Jordan Brown, we're going to leave. We're going to leave you at your cart, your little wizard cart, uh, <laughs> with uh, not being able to tell much time you've played. Uh, here's another thing that we have to talk about. Hmm. Somebody snuck into Glenny's Cauldron. Again? No. Oh. Not Ian. Capcom. <laughs> what? Yep. Somebody snuck into Glenny's cave, went all the way down the passageways, avoided all the traps, snuck into her cauldron, and took out the ability where if you press start during a cutscene, it automatically skips that cutscene. In Devil May Cry 5. Oh. Yeah. They took it. Yeah. They took that from That's us. That's right. They're getting cocky, that Capcom. <laughs> Glenny's mad. She's apparently added more traps, but uh, we've lost that ingredient. We can no longer put that into our vile video. <laughs> Is that agility, you know? Yeah. That Capcom has? They, yeah. Yeah, we don't even they're know all, who they're they They're all said. agility now. Yeah. <laughs> they're good. They're Damn. good. I have to believe they will patch that. I can't believe pressing start, which in every other game pauses at a cutscene at this point, skips the whole thing. I mean, I guess you can go to gallery and like watch the What's video. What's funny later. is I was just playing Resident Evil 2 and like I had that moment. I was like, oh, I got to pause. And yeah. I was like, is it going to yeah. pause? Mm-hmm. And there you go. Okay, and cool. And it did. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> oh, the, the, the pause in RE2, it stops the clock too if you're doing a speed run. That yeah. I love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Should be, that should be on the back Thank of the you. box. Should be on the, the, the PlayStation Store page, the Xbox Store page. If, here's what happens when you press start. Yes. Yep. Yep. Right. Like it shows like how many yeah, players you can have yeah. online. Are we going to start the Twitter account today, Ben? <laughs> Does pressing start no. skip the cutscene? It's no. good idea. Uh, time One for Twitter account is enough. Begin correction music, please. Uh, I get Outer Wilds and Outer Worlds confused mm-hmm. all the time. Outer Worlds is the RPG, first-person right. RPG. Outer Wilds, completely different game. I think I just cool screwed game, it up yeah. in my own brain because yeah. I keep, in my mind, I just refer to it as that new Obsidian game. Did you and make that, did you say that incorrectly in my presence and I didn't correct you? Last week, yeah. Oh, yeah. and that's more of a correction on me, I think. Because you're excited about Outer Wilds? I know. I definitely know the difference. Here's yeah. the sad Whenever thing. it comes up, I'm like, yes, that's the correct Yeah, one. me and Ian just saw Outer Wilds uh, not that long ago. We'll, we'll have a little oh, discussion when we get back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay, cool. Nice plug. Um. Uh. Here's the sad thing. If you Annapurna, if you are the developers of this game, uh, if you Google Outer Wilds, Google asks, did you mean Outer Worlds? And in fact, last week I did. Wait, uh, and the weird thing, <laughs> the weird thing, Outer Worlds is probably the better description for their game. For, oh, Outer, for Wilds. Outer Wilds? Yeah. Well, Maybe they could switch. Because you're flying around to different planets? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is like the, there's a lot of wood uh, infrastructure in that game. You know, there's a lot of, I feel, I get the vibe I'm camping whenever I play, you know, when I played Outer Wilds. The, the so, beginning. I guess the wilds, maybe. The, that's what the they home mean. base. The kind of steampunkness, I guess, of it. Uh, we were asked if uh, any Pokemon has a sword. Samurai has a sword. Pulls it right out mm, of his leg. Cool. Yeah. Out of his leg. Ouch. Yeah. it's Dude, I do not like Samurai. That's a bottom tier Pokemon. <laughs> uh, Force Ghost Anakin? He does wear the same clothes Obi-Wan wears. Uh, and so apparently those are commoners' clothes. So Jedi choose to look like commoners. Wait, Brandon didn't know this? We had like a weird kind of talk about how... Wasn't it mostly you saying that 
Yes. It was <laughs> there, there, is, there is a scandal. There's a hot take now that Obi-Wan was not wearing Jedi clothes in episode yeah. four. He was just wearing like just ratted clothes because he was a hermit on Tatooine. Yeah. Like that was not a that was not like, you know, is this, like is a this uniform. What constitutes as a hot take? And so is when this, they it's did a cold take now. Yeah. So and then, you know, when yeah. they designed Lucas got it wrong apparently when no, they he did got the it prequels. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think he got it wrong, but it, it is an interesting point that like, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean that's a Jedi robe, I guess, but yeah, I feel bad. Yeah, it's it's a commoner's robe. It's like if you wear the most baseline fashion, that's what you're dressed in. Yeah, and that makes sense. Like so that's what Jedi would want to look like. Ray is kind of wearing clothes. a variant of it in Seven. You know, like take a towel, wrap it around your your waist, and throw something over your shoulder. And, yeah, that's weird. Know. Luke must have just had that. Yeah, just like I have some extra clothes. This might fit you. Uh, <laughs> NST is not defunct. They worked on Captain Toad, the Captain Toad port. Oh, yeah, when I heard that, it's like, oh, okay, we botched the correction, so it's yeah, going to come up botch, again. Yeah, double botch, double <laughs> botch. Uh, Jones, I have a really fun correction for you. No, sir. No. Okay, so uh, if you go to gizmodo.com, you can find an article called Everything You Want to Know About Mork and Mindy. Uh, so they have a quote from uh, Bryant Levant, who is the story editor on Happy Days and executive producer of Mork and, Mindy's fi- Mork and Mindy's final season. Here's what he said. My first season on Happy Days was when we did the Mork episode. Gary Marshall walked in one okay. morning, all peppy, and he goes, Scotty had a, had a great idea. Scotty was his eight-year-old son. Let's put a spaceman on Happy Days. He walked out of the room. You could have just said it was Gary Marshall, man. You didn't have to do the no, quote. No, because here's why. Here's why, Jones. Because I said I got it. Gary Marshall. And I, I shut and you down. I was wrong. I was wrong. That's not it. Yeah, that's not wrong. It was Gary Marshall. But I was trying to remember the name of someone else, and you didn't dig that one up for me. So why should I? Very self-serving correction. <laughs> <laughs> the full correction would be who was I referring to as well? <laughs> you were referring to oh, Gary Marshall. Gosh. You're referring to the person whose son came up with the idea of putting an astronaut into... But who did I incorrectly think it was? Gary Marshall! <laughs> no, I mean, who did... <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. End corrections music, please. Uh, oh, we have some updates. I love updates. So we were talking uh, just last week, I guess, about the armored Pokemon, about the 4chan rumor. And then, just this last week, uh, Game Freak, Creatures Inc., and Nintendo, the three owners of Pokemon, they trademarked. Armored Mewtwo. Oh no, baby! Nice. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Armored Mewtwo, baby, and I can't wait to see what this thing's gonna be. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, what's weird is they're doing a CG remake of the first Pokemon movie. Um, and so I wonder if Armored Mewtwo will show up in that thing. I wonder if that's why they trademarked Armored Mewtwo before anything. Mm-hmm. But I'm very much leading to believe that Pokemon Sun and Shield will absolutely have armored variants Sword and of Shield. Pokemon. When was the last time you saw Sword the, the first Pokemon movie? That would be 1998. It's been a very long time for me, but I remember, I mean, I was young, but I remember getting pretty emotional at it. I wonder if it would still. I went with a friend, still cried. Yeah? Yeah, he and I cried. His dad took us. We cried. For sure, dude. Yeah, I wonder if it would still hit me. I should it, rewatch that. It's still gonna hit you, okay. man. As as a franchise, it keeps kind of reinventing itself and re remaking things. Like I know, like the um, uh, this is not the first. Let's go is not the first time Red and Blue has come back in some other form. Uh, do you think Detective Pikachu is gonna like show up in other things now? Like are the movies coming out, are they gonna have to like account for that lore somehow? He's definitely Jones. Its own lore, like okay. its own city name. There's very little connecting it directly to games. Okay. Interesting. Um, I bet there'll be some kind of cameos though. Yeah, like, why not Smash Bros, right? Like, mm-hmm. why not, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't want a third Pikachu in Smash Brothers, but. What do you mean? Oh, like its own character? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be actually blood. I was thinking it's just a skin, but I really want him as his own character. <laughs> um, so, like, 
uh, very very seldom does the anime ever overlap with the games. Right. But there's like this weird point. Never saw any of these episodes. And I'm appalled by the idea where <laughs> Ash's Greninja kind of like fused with Ash's soul and like what grew extra stuff on him that like he absorbed from Ash Ketchum, and then that that Ash's version of Greninja showed up in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Are you? Is this? Are this we in one? No joke. <laughs> no joke. In the anime, yes. Greninja fuses with Ash's soul. Or something, man. What do you mean, or something? It's called Ash Greninja. It's like there's some fusion. There's some fusion that happens. With his soul? And Ben, I'm not... Maybe it's like the fly. Maybe they just get stuck in a transporter. (laughs) But it could be. And here's the thing. I need to see that. Don't send me a correction on this. I don't want to (laughs) know. I want to know. Send me the correction. I will skip over that correction. I don't want to see it. Uh, We also have another update. This is a weird thing. A bunch of rumors flying around. I don't know how these got started. That Bloodworth might be dumb. And so I thought I would give Bloodworth the opportunity once and for all to prove that he is not dumb. Take it away, Blood. Okay. So here's a, this is a weird thing. Okay. So when I was in middle school, mm-hmm. I think seventh grade, I want to say seventh grade, uh, they had me do this thing where I went to the University of Florida. The University of Florida, everyone. And took the PSATs, like the college entrance exams, right? Sorry, you say sixth grade? Yeah, like sixth or seventh grade. And like I did so well on them that I was like better than a like certain percentage of like like college bound high school seniors. And then the local newspaper came to my house, <laughs> wrote an article about me, took my photo. And so if you want the proof, then look look up the Brain and Herald in the nineties and you can find that at some library somewhere. There you have it. Yeah. Okay? Rumor's dead. It's hard to dispute. That might be the most smug blood <laughs> I've ever heard. I basked in that. Oh, that was beautiful. It was. It was beautiful. You asked for proof. I How'd mean, you end up a, doing... I don't know how else I could no, prove. You, yeah, that's... You crushed it. Proof enough. <laughs> How'd you end up doing on the actual SATs? Uh, pretty well. I mean, I don't remember the numbers if it's like 20 years ago. But. Sure. I don't. I could not remember because this whole controversy about like kids like sneaking into college. Mm-hmm. I could not remember my actual SAT scores. Jones, you, you remember yours? I'm dad? scared to say it because I don't know if that would be low. But a number did pop in my head. But I don't. What's know. What's the number? What popped in? 1280, I think. Is that like terrible? That seems good. 1400 was max, I think, I in I our got, time. I think I got a 1280. Ben, how'd you do? We didn't take the SATs. Was the ACTs? Oh. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we had an option. Yeah. Either one. Huh. Do you remember your score, Blood? You no, said you I just, don't? No, you said it. You built like 1,400 probably? <laughs> Should we list that on our website? Or yeah. ACT, <laughs> Everyone on their profile. We ranked yeah. <laughs> the hours. It's funny because like, it really did mean something to us at that point. Right. High school students, it's like, man, that's like, oh, that course. is how smart I am. Yeah. ACT yeah. is the same, Ben? Yo, yeah, it, was, it served the same It was purpose. a different yeah. scale, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it was but a different scale. I think SAT is a number is much larger. Yes. Yeah. Today? No, oh, I mean, yeah, just, like, the scale yeah. of it. Like, it goes into the thousands. Well, the ACT, I think, was, like, maybe 100 or something. I forget. From what I understand, like, SAT is a lot more writing now. Like, you don't just do bubbles. Like, you have to, I like, remember write, doing some writing. I remember some doing... Essays. I remember doing yeah. writing, I feel like. You had to like. do essays. <sighs> do you all it's remember... It's fuzzy. Do you remember my favorite way to start a podcast? Besides, like, 15 minutes of rambling? <laughs> <laughs> game announcement. It's a new game announcement. Um, uh, there was a new game announcement that I skipped. Look, I don't cover them all, right? Sometimes a game announcement pops up and I say, probably not worth it. Probably not worth bringing up on the podcast. I imagine being like an indie developer and hearing you say that and being like, 
oh, Kyle. And you mentioned something else. Like, oh, well, great. Thanks, yeah. Kyle. I, I bet that happens, man. And it's just like, oh, we didn't make the Easy Eyes podcast. Great. Uh, there was a game called Power Rangers Battle for the Grid that was announced in January. A fighting game uh, from a company called N-something. Man, I didn't even write the poor developer's name down. Um, I'll get on that. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, uh, you made a mobile fighting game for Power Rangers and now you're coming to consoles. Big whoop. Next, please. So the ne- last week, they had a stream. They streamed their game. And what's up, Ben? I was just going to say Justin Wong. Yes. Well, Ben, this is what thing. This yeah. is you watch the stream. You're like, oh, Justin Wong is there. Yipes is there. Uh, Clockwork is there. I honestly wasn't familiar with until this stream. Looked it up. He is uh, fighting. Uh, he Clockwork is uh, the combat designer of this game of this Power Rangers three v three fighting game. That's a cool title. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and if like uh, if you like me, didn't know Clockwork was a professional fighter in Marvel two and three. Uh, Marvel versus Capcom 2 and 3 and Ultimate Marvel 3. Um, and so you see these three people streaming this Power Rangers fighting game, and then you realize, oh, this is much better than I thought it was. Did you see the stream, Ben? Uh, I just saw, like, very, very, very tiny snippets of it. I didn't sit down and watch it. Yeah, so I want to explain this whole process because I think that there's likely a lot of people who are listening to this podcast who don't care about a Power Rangers fighting game. Like, you're like, why should I care? I'm skipping in the next thing. My finger's on the skip button. I'm ready to go ahead. Let me tell you why. Let me explain all this. But first, let's get to Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. <laughs> um, this 3v3 fighting game, just as I said, uh, it's coming this spring to the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC for 20 US dollars. So it's like, oh, okay, you're just the mobile port, aren't you? You're just a little marble port. It's not. Uh, but an interesting thing about how they price it is it's $40 if you want the game and the season pass, which includes three characters, uh, some alt skin, and the arcade story mode, which I think is pretty dang cool. So $20, extremely cheap, digital only. There won't be a physical release of this. Um, for a fighting game with all these characters, you just play online and do things like that. Uh, there is cross-play with everything, all those consoles except for the all PlayStation All these characters? When, when does this take place? Is this the original series? Is this the new movie that they did? Is this like jumps. the current season? Like- cross-generational. So you have, okay. you have Power Rangers from all of the last 20 years. Um, is it 25? Don't correct me. I don't want to hear it. Well, how, uh, many, how many characters <laughs> is that? That sounds like a lot. More than 20. Oh, sorry. It's not all of them. So it's yeah. no question more than 20. from the entire timeline. Um, and what's kind of cool They're is They're all Red Rangers. There's a couple. A couple of Red Rangers. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's cool, though, is like, uh, oh, there's like a graphic novel that a lot of the storyline is based off of. A storyline in which Tommy, the White Ranger, never became good. Oh. What if? Ooh. And so it's like it's cool that there's like Lord Darkon is like evil Tommy, and so then there's like also like uh, like the Black Rangers like he's like a stormtrooper. He's got a gun and like he's got like a jacket that's got like uh, the puffs on it. It's like a flak jacket, like a bulletproof jacket. And like the Pink Ranger became like the Ranger Hunter, and she's like evil. And so like it's weird. Like there's so this weird alt timeline graphic novel comic books that I was not aware of that they're pulling from <laughs> that even. So like. Who even cares, right? Who even cares? <laughs> You're making this mobile game. We all hate it. It's like, it's just rock, paper, scissors. Like, why should I care? And then this stream happens yesterday okay. in which we hate, we see three people from the fighting game community. We learn that Clockwork is is a uh, uh, fighting system designer. I'm sorry that I have to read that three times. Combat designer. Combat designer. Thank yeah. you, Jones. And they show off a game that looks grody, for sure. Looks like a little better than a mobile game. Mm. But... In its actual gameplay, uh, 
looks outstanding. Looks true to to Marvel, to Skullgirls, to uh, uh, Cross Tag Battle, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Yes, something that's, to hold yep. Yeah, um, and the the systems in place look like it looks just as good as those other games I just listed off. So it's find this so fascinating that this dumb licensed game turns out to have so much heart into it and so much effort into developing it into a, a legitimate fighting game. So it's like G-Force. A little bit like G-Force. Like a developer overachieving. You mm-hmm. have a license and then you're actually going for it trying to make the best game possible for 20 US dollars. Hopefully upselling. Like I kind of want to find out what's going on with Lord Darkon. I'll I'll spend forty, buds. You got me. Man, I'm I'm of I'm of two minds of this, Kyle. Okay. Uh, I have like my own personal take, and then just a general take. Like I need both. I need both takes. So the per- the personal take, Kyle, is <laughs> this sounds really cool and mm-hmm. intriguing. Yeah. But I think to myself, like, ah, oh, man, I haven't even played Videl or Coolier yet in Dragon Ball Fighters. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I was messing around with Negan in Tekken Seven. That seems awesome. Yeah. I, I would love, like, if I'm gonna go back. If I'm going to spend time with a fighting game, I, I, I kind of feel like I've already invested at least a little bit in these other ones. I'd like to play more of them. Mortal Kombat 11 is out next month. I know I'm going to be playing that for sure. Yeah. And so it's just like, this seems really cool. I don't know where it's going to fit in in my life. Like, yeah, $20 is a great price, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just, I, I don't know... I feel like I'm not going to be able to put enough time into it to matter. But Ben, that twenty dollars I think is the best counter argument to that that whole absolutely. Story, that's right? a great. Yeah. That's a good price for it. Yeah. Yeah. The twenty dollars is interesting because when you hear that, like my brain almost wants to go like both ways at the same time, where it's like it's like oh twenty bucks, okay, it was a budget game, but then also like how cool that they know what their game is and they know like mm-hmm. how much they should they should expect, especially for a you know. Um, a potentially tough community to break into the the, the fighting community. Yes, uh, with something that I, it sounds like they're like, if you just want to play this because you're like, hi, oh, yeah, Power Rangers, sure, I'll I'll just jump in this goof around and then move on and never think about it again. I almost wonder if the dev team's like, that's fine, you know, yeah. like yeah, just, yeah. just have a good time. Mm-hmm. I, I think streaming streaming something like this uh, that is a licensed product but actually might have gameplay better than you're expecting is like the way to do it. That was very smart of them. Yeah, the stream sold me. Go You're Twitch. right, Jones. I was totally not out of it. And then, right, they popped up on Twitch and they said, "Here's it's not a trailer. It's just like, here's our game as it is. We're having some very good players play this game, trying to beat each other and trying to exploit everything they can. And they're having a fun time playing as Power Rangers. I think that just that's the angle that I'm thinking at it from is from a mechanics and fighting game level because I just don't have any personal attachment to Power Rangers. I haven't, right. I haven't checked in with Power Rangers since mm-hmm. I was probably eight. Mm-hmm. And so I don't remember anything about it other than really liking it as a kid. Yeah. And the movie was cool. Uh, we <laughs> have oofs. currently nine characters announced. What I love, another like easy, like, this is genius. If you're like developing games and like you can just cu- cut, like I feel like, I feel like a month out of your budget and maybe more, none of the Power Rangers have faces. <laughs> so they don't have yeah. to deal with eyes. They don't have to deal with mouths. They don't have to deal with like getting punched. What would that expression be? They're all just closed <laughs> mouths. You can't see their eyes. Uh, Goldar's there. I wonder if Goldar squints when he gets hit. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, that we have just a bunch of flat faces and I think that's genius. Kyle, I feel like this is the perfect Kyle Bossman fighting game. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this hits all the notes for you. Yeah, I mean their their ultras are like they like summon 
their zords, but you only see like one appendage of the zord at a time. <laughs> <laughs> so you just see like a tail flop in from the side. Like you never see like any cool zord just go blah blah blah. Is there a story mode? Yeah, and that's why you pay forty dollars. Yeah, if you want the, the full oh, edition, I see, I see. you okay. want that story mode, you gotta spend forty. Are you gonna see that story mode? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. Like, I think so too. I, I love fighting game story modes. Uh you sold me out of dead or alive, actually, when you said like it's just bad, don't bother. But like if so if same thing with this, if it's just bad, don't bother. But like also just that price of entry, that forty dollars is so appealing to me. Yeah. It's so much less than sixty somehow. I don't know how, but like it, it's just there. So is a Power Rangers fighting game your new favorite way to start a podcast? Yes. And I hope they announce more because... Uh, or just an update on this. You know, whenever this comes out and you play it, I, I'd like an update, please. What's well, funny, Jones, they're like streaming right now. They could be announcing new characters right oh. at this moment. It, yeah, I think in 2019, if you have released a trailer for your fighting game and then you don't have gameplay for like a couple months later, just wait. Don't yeah. Know, yeah, show yeah, yeah, up and, 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 and have us be talking about the mechanics immediately. Um, and if you're still disinterested and wondering why we keep talking about this, I want to cover one more thing that I think is really interesting is the power of the fighting game community, the, the power of bringing in... Uh, someone like Clockwork who played professionally this game and putting that person on the development team. Um, I don't know how many other genres that can work in or has worked in. Hmm. And I, so I think that's just truly interesting. I, I, I think that it's just such a savvy move, right? This person knows what works in Marvel, knows what works in Skullgirls or whatever, and can apply that to our goofy Power Rangers game. Uh, I have the utmost respect for it. I just, I wonder if... Uh, that individual is just better at this kind of thing because like otherwise like no don't bring in like someone who loves uh, uh, Call of Duty to work on like Call of Duty games in, in that way like you need some expertise you need a certain level of expertise bouncing off that point uh, last night I was watching uh, some of the Noclip stuff that they were doing with Mortal Kombat 11 mm -hmm. and they were talking about QA and they, they actually stressed how important it was to have the people that you were talking about that really could play at a competitive level and knew what they were doing but also on the QA team had people that were just total scrubs and they, they balancing those two perspectives and and not just getting tunnel visioned on is this only good for newcomers or only good for competitive people and having those yeah. two uh, like people giving reports to the team I thought was really interesting. Sure. Yeah. I think driving games is another one where you know if you have some of those high level people that they can give you a lot of feedback. Feedback, yes, like EA's Game Changers, right? But mm -hmm. like nobody is a fan and going straight to designing how the car feels in a Forza game. Right. right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you've got a, a pretty high-level understanding of physics and all that, yeah. Right, so I think that's, I just think that's what's really interesting about this project in itself, and I just hope this kind of thing continues. Blood, when you had those stories written about you in the paper, did any people come and ask if you wanted a position at their company? No. Okay. They didn't ask if you want to like design the PSATs, like help us write questions. Because <laughs> okay. that would be it, right? Like if somebody who's like that good, just That's like, it. man, you should be writing these questions. He gets it. He You're gets so good. It. Uh, in mo most cases, I think developers... I think I did get to name drop Final Fantasy IV. I can't remember for sure. In the interview? Yeah. Oh, did you call it Final Fantasy II or Final Fantasy IV? It would have been interview. Final Fantasy II at the time. Yeah, I wouldn't have known. Oh, it's hard to move away from that story. I'm, I, I refuse I, to. I, so I <laughs> someone asked, like, where did you get, how'd you get so smart? How'd you get so good at reading and writing? No, I think it was just like, what do you, it was like bio kind of stuff. What do you do? Oh, so they wanted you to say, like, I like bugs and trees, but you're just like, I like Final Fantasy 2. I like video games. <laughs> yeah, but what's, what is like, what's unique and quirky about you? You're like, I love this Super Nintendo, buds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a little encyclopedia that I go read every night. 
Love that blood. Okay, uh, we had some stuff just plop on our laps uh, moments before this podcast. Bloodworth walks in and says, uh, "Did you hear the Xbox announcements? We got some. What's it called? Xbox Inside Xbox Inside Xbox. Thank you. Is the name of their show, and this is where they make their big announcements. Uh, blood. What do we hear today? Uh, we what, heard what interests that, you most? Uh, I think Halo Master Chief Collection coming to PC. That interests you most? Yeah. How well, come? I, I think. Yeah, I just. Well, for one, it's it's kind of funny because like Halo originally was on PC a long time ago, and you know, but the old games for Windows and all that stuff has faded away. Um, but yeah, I think that it's been an oddly underserved audience for Microsoft. Like they've got this huge Windows install base, and they haven't been putting Halo games out on it. Mm-hmm. It's really it's kind of a weird thing. Did two ever make it to PC? Yeah, it was Windows Vista. Okay. That was a big Vista. thing they were yeah. pushing yeah. You're so right, with ben. Halo 2. Yeah. Uh, then 3 did not, and then anything after that totally did yeah. not. Well, they had that weird thing with Halo 5 where they put Forge yes. on PC. Mm-hmm. So, they, you know. Just moving Forge, in, though, right? Yeah, I think so. I did not mess around with that. I just, if, that, if I remember correctly, that's what it is. Yeah. And so the time has finally come. So, Blood, what my assumption would be, Master Chief Collection coming to PC. I, oh, what? I got to get it off of the Windows Store? Oh, you can get it on Steam too. What? Yeah. <laughs> so they're Microsoft is releasing their biggest franchise, no question, hands down, on Steam. Yeah. Owned by Valve. No. Okay. Wow. Well, that's something. That's a shift. So Bloodworth, you're telling me that sometime before the end of the year, I assume there's a release date. Um, you were looking more deeply into the article. I was there's looking no, at the other there's article. There's no release date. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're telling me before the end of the year that I'm going to be able to play all of the Halo games all at once on Steam, just download it one big bundle. Question. Huh. For the, the big Steam Christmas winter sale. Yeah. Will Halo be on sale on Steam? Ooh, that's, that's not a question. question. That's not no question. That's you're happening. right. Yeah, that's no question. A, no, that's a bet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we have, we have a word. Question. We have a word for that. It's a question. <laughs> All right, I guess like the bet is, will it be cheaper on one store over the other if they're selling it on both the Windows Store and Steam? Oh, I think so. I, I think those marketplaces can do their own sales and. Oh, okay. Then yeah. I'll say it's cheaper. If it's a sale, yes. I will say then on December twenty fourth, <laughs> uh, it will be cheaper on Steam than the Windows Store. I agree. Will. Master Chief be wearing a Santa hat on the store. <laughs> they use it. That's like I think this is a big release. Uh, but what I was goading Bloodworth to tell us is that it's not coming all at once on PC. Right. That's yeah, weird. So it's oh. coming title by title, chunk by chunk. So when you buy the Master Chief Collection on PC, you're just getting Halo Reach when it first launches. Hmm. Why? Um, their, their reasoning, Ben, that's a great question. <laughs> they want to make sure this goes perfectly, which is uh, fair, right? That's what I'll give them. Yeah, yes. that's like the only excuse I think that makes yeah. sense. They, they want to make it, they want to do it one at a time so they don't have the old Master Chief collection yeah. of 2014, maybe 2015, happen again, where everything all came at once yeah. and it was just too much to juggle and it's like, I, we don't even know where to start. So here they're just, on PC at least, they're doing one game at a time, chunk by chunk by chunk. So Reach is the first one they're doing. And Reach is the first one That's they're doing. That's a good pick. And that, that pick is because, Ben, Reach is not part of the Xbox One Master Chief Collection yet. So that's part two of the announcement is, hey, Reach is coming. Uh, the weird way that they're doing Reach is that uh, Forge mode and Theater mode, hey, you're getting those. If you have Master Chief Collection, that's for free, bud. Mm. But if you want single player or multiplayer, that's an add-on expense onto your purchase of Master Chief Collection. Do we know how much? We do not. 
I think out of all, if you gave me all the Halo games right now and yeah. said play one, I think I would pick Reach. So and, that's, and then that's what would tough. you pay for it? Whatever. I... <laughs> I don't. I don't pay. Too ben much doesn't money. care yeah, about costs. Fair answer. What? What should? What price should Microsoft put on that? On what a, on what a, should they? Yeah, on an add-on to Master Chief Collection. What price? As an add-on to Master Chief Collection. Yeah. Ten dollars. Really. Ten to fifteen. That seems cheap. I would go almost twenty. I think for each. I had twenty in there, but, it, but I know. I just, you're, I just, I, I hope you're not getting swindled, Ben. You know, <laughs> whatever. I hope somebody comes up with a new card game, and you're like, I, "Do you want my arm? What is the?" And they're like, "I'll take your arm, sure." The only, the only person that that swindles me is myself. Uh, ben, the hardest one, the one that hit me the hardest, was Left Alive last week. Oh yeah, oh, like, yeah. Can I tell this story? Please. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay, so uh, we. We're wondering if we were going to get Left Alive code, which yeah. is... Which is unusual for Square Enix. We usually yeah. get their stuff well ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I have this conversation with Blood. And I was like, hey, you know, Blood, did we get that code? Uh, and he said, no, no, I haven't heard anything yet. I was like, okay, well, there's, there's no rush. I won't be able to play it right away anyway. Uh, so, you know, not a, not a big deal. And uh, <laughs> then the day, was it the day after or two days the after? Day after okay, think, yeah. The day after, The day after it comes out, he's like, uh, sent and left a live code to Ben Moore. And I was like, Blood... <laughs> I already bought it. <laughs> yeah, I can't justify that decision. Did you even start it? You like, I did. I did oh, start okay. it. I did okay. start okay. it. I played like maybe two hours of it. How those I don't two know hours feel? Sure. What's that? How those two hours feel? Uh, bad. Yeah. That's a bad game. But yeah. I want to. Here's what I want to say about Left Alive. Hmm. To the audience, no one should buy that. Don't be me. Don't buy yes, that game. Don't be Ben. Yeah. Don't be me. Uh, I'm really happy that I spent that money. I because. It was bad in a very entertaining way. Yeah. It was it was like watching a car burning on the <laughs> side of the road, and I was tickled by it. Like it was a good two hours. I do, Ben. I think that, and I think it makes like yeah. the, the other purchases sweeter. It does. It does. Yeah. yeah, I I do not regret my decision. Um. So here's here's uh, sorry. This is the Xbox language. I wonder if I got this wrong. Uh. So Halo Reach will be playable in 4K HDR and at 60 frames per second. It will also automatically include its multiplayer forage and theater modes. Uh, multiplayer lower caps, forage and theater uh, capitalized. Mm-hmm. So uh, does that mean it will have multiplayer? It says both its campaign and firefight components will be available as add-ons for an additional price. Oh, so you'll get you'll get Halo Reach multiplayer, which kind of makes sense the way Master Chief Collection works. Yes, because it ties but them all together. Firefight, right? you yes. have to pay extra for. And Firefight is like the horde mode? Basically. Wait, yeah. so you gotta, you got to pay for Reach, and then you got to pay for Firefight on top of that? No, 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 no. Multiplayer, Forge, and Theater. Yes. If you own Master Chief Collection, you get that you stuff. You get gotcha. those okay. If you want Firefight and Campaign, you've you got to buy it. Yes. I am down for some Firefight. It's been a long time. Firefight is fun. Is it still fun? I don't know. We'll yeah. find out. <laughs> we'll find out soon enough. Uh, the other big announcement that doesn't seem like we're blood. We're just like trying to find like what's the news here? Is that XCloud is still coming? Oh, not just that it's still coming, but yeah, that they they did a demo of it. Uh, we didn't get to watch the demo because it was like right before this. But mm-hmm. oh, in inside Xbox, they had a demo of it working. Yeah. It works, yeah. and they kind of reconfirmed that they're going to have public trials later this year. Mm-hmm. And they talked a lot of fluff about. You know the future of gaming and stuff like that, where they didn't really say anything. Yes, they did. I guess they they continued to uh, say that, uh, hey, we're looking into streaming. This is not. We're still going to build big, big, beefy consoles. Right. Yeah. We're, this we're, is we're, not we're, to replace consoles. Yes. This is to 
add-on to allow you to, I mean, it's kind of similar to what, uh, how PlayStation 4 just added the, the iPhone remote play. Man, I wasn't, I wonder if we should cover this. Because, you know, I was away this I don't weekend, know that much it. about it. I've, I've just seen people messing around with it. What? I don't even know what this is. So there's an iOS app now that you can do. Uh, you can stream your PlayStation 4 to your iPhone or iPad, presumably. And play video games there? Yeah. And play your very PS4. So with I, the touchscreen? Yeah, yeah. So I was able to turn on my PS4 from states away, and it did not run very well. Maybe that was the Wi-Fi. Who knows? But What like, did you play? I tried to play an RPG called Metal Max Xeno because I'm like, it's turn-based. Oh, sure. This will be fine. <laughs> that, that makes sense. And it was still just like... <laughs> 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 it, like it, I was like, okay, yeah, novel, but I'm okay. I'm good. Um, maybe I could have gone to the store and bought something, but you could also do that. But anyway, like presumably if you have good internet, that's a cool feature. Um, yeah, you're right, Blood. What, how weird that all of these things converge on top of each other. Sure. Because, of course, we should probably also talk about Google. Mm-hmm. Who today just did a little tweet, little tease, little tease about like we're, we're traveling first person through like caves with mushrooms and like some aircraft we're gonna jump out of, and there's like, hey, we know what the truth, th- the true future of gaming is. Watch our thing one week from now, uh, which we'll record our podcast like almost right after that. Uh, that is next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Yeah, and then. I think the xCloud or something related to it uh, presentation from Xbox is going to be at GDC, and I'll be there. I'll be in that that panel as long as the line doesn't fill up too quickly. And you're going to be there in present in person. Yeah. Cool. I hope you get some hands-on stuff, dude. Yeah, I hope so too. I, although that's not generally how GDC stuff works. But gotcha. Cool. Yeah. It's more of like listen and learn. Yeah, and for a session. So like they'll have their booth or whatever where they're going to show off mostly indie games, but I don't think that xCloud will be part of that. Uh, tell me, we've been bouncing back and forth on this uh, as a podcast. Uh, do you think that uh, they will show a Switch running Xbox games? Oh, I think it's it's streaming, not out of the question. I don't know if, like, I wouldn't, like, say for sure. Oh, but commit, I think, blood, commit. Yeah, do you think? What do you think, man? Are you gonna, are you going to see Especially that next with week? the Steam announcement? With the, there's just so many signs from Microsoft mm-hmm. that yeah. they're like, we want to be on everything. You know, yeah. we want, we want. Yeah, I think it's not happening next week. That's my impulse. Jones, uh, see that he nods nervously for nodding. listeners. Yeah, mm-hmm. he nervously nods. Ben, I don't think it's happening. Next ben week. does not think it's happening. Bloodworth doesn't think it's happening. He's no. gonna be bored out of his not skull. Commit. Just watches some X Cloud stuff, just like it's running on your phone. You're like, I know. <laughs> what else? <laughs> um, though I guess the huge difference between what PlayStation uh, streaming to your phone does is I'm I'm using my own PlayStation 4. X Cloud is using the Xbox servers to right. play any game. Exactly. Whether, yeah. So. And and I think, you know, even though we don't really know what this Google thing is either, I I think it's essentially going to be competing with that. I think it's not oh, going yeah, to baby. be a box that you hook up anywhere. I think it's going to be something that just can go to anything that has a screen on it. Every time somebody uses the service, it's just going to consume a copy of Crackdown 3. <laughs> like it's just going to summon it from someone's hard drive or mm-hmm. take a disc and chew it up, chew baby. Chew it up. Get those numbers up. Where's the Crackdown 3 numbers? That's them. Something's wrong here. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, we'll, uh, well, I don't like to like guess too much about a thing that's happening a week from now, but it is interesting that all this stuff is happening. GDC will hopefully uh, have more news upon us, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of exciting to see what Google could possibly bring. Do we think they have software? I really hope that they kind of start 
talking about like the future of gaming and how they're going to change things. Mm -hmm. And their big tentpole game is a 3D pet platformer starring an animal. That's what I want. <laughs> that oh, is man. what I want. Ooh, that sings yes. to me, dude. Yes. Uh, I, I want him to like somehow like we've got Assassin's Creed and then it ended up being like something like Assassin's Creed Unity. Like yeah. it, it's just like yeah, this is the thing that everyone wants, right? And like no, you're a little you're a little behind there. Well, I mean, we're stating though that uh uh shoot, what's the Greek one that just came out? Odyssey. Odyssey, yeah. Odyssey uh I mean, they had that running. You could play that. Yeah. And and it was yeah. through Google streaming. You could play that on your laptop. You could play through Odyssey. So obviously they're at that level and they're feeling confident enough to keep going forward with that plan and I expect whatever Google's happening having to happen before the they should have made a video man if they had just done an announcement and say hey tune in you know here's the day but they like made a video that has like custom graphics mm -hmm. and it's just like oh no now i'm like you did it you got me a little more excited for high, this right yeah but you know if you if you don't have new ip at this or you don't have some exclusive thing then don't make the video that you just made <laughs> i think they have a game jones like like Feels just because like of, it but like what epic's been able to steal from steam basically you know yeah. like I, I think that clearly if you show a game developer some money they'll say yeah okay, how scary to be that developer though because you have no idea like what if it's going to be successful what everyone's perception of it is going to oh, be if it's going to work dude? well you know like ugh. I'd, I'd feel okay signing with google basically yeah. Wouldn't you? I mean, depending I, on how exclusive it is, you know, if you're yeah. just giving this whole IP away, you know. And, and a, a sure. dumb thing happened this Zero week control. where uh, somebody's render based off of Google's trademark for the controller right, 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 right. out, just like this is the Google controller. It's like, no, it's not. That's not it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like Google could embarrass themselves next week as well. I could see that happening. Like, this is what our controller looks like. We love. And sometimes, yeah. like, there's an, no way to know until after launch, right? Because Amazon made a big stink about entering the gaming space mm -hmm. coming out with their own console and having all these studios and all of this and 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 you know hired some good people even yeah and i think they still have double helix yeah like they it just doesn't feel like anyone cares and like all of their games are just sort of like you know essentially ipad ports in a way or like at the level of an ipad game yeah it's a that is you know what it could easily be that way too it, it Go ahead. It would be nice, though, if somebody could recreate the feeling of Halo kind of coming onto the scene and disrupting everything. Yes. Like, I don't know if that's I don't know if that is possible anymore mm -hmm. in that way, but uh, it was really exciting. It felt like everything was changing uh, to me, at least in that moment. Like, hey, no, this is this is serious. There, there's that weird, there's that weird Atari games. out there somewhere too, right? Hmm? That new Atari console that we haven't. Oh, heard I'm ignoring much about. that. Yeah. That to me is just like some millionaire who locked on some rights that he shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> but to me, Google's weird. Google is not about. Uh, Google is about peddling information, right? <laughs> like all of Google's products are just there to get mm -hmm. information from us yeah. that I can sell to others. I just like Google in the gaming spaces. I just wonder what information they want from us. Right. Well, that's the other thing I'm actually very curious about is how they're going to sell it. Yes. Are, are they going to sell you a box? Are they going to sell you a USB stick? Are they going to sell you uh, a service like Netflix? Or are they just going to throw a bunch of ads at you and just like, hey, play it for free? Yeah. You know, and like you think about that. It's like, oh, I, what, I, I, can, play, I can play Rainbow Six Siege for free? Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Yeah. And it's like, how long do you stare at the man? How long do you stare at the woman? Like... Like, how many hours do you put into this game? How many hours do you put into that game? Like, I, I feel like it's just gathering, gathering data. This stuff freaks me out, man. Mm -hmm. But I guess all console 
consoles are doing that at this point, even Nintendo. Like, we find that female gamers love to name their Animal Crossing characters this. It's like, what, what, how do you know? How do you know? <laughs> uh, did you all hear that? <laughs> Sounds like it's podcast oh. halftime. The following are the official sponsors of Easy Allies for the month of March. Fan Gamer, makers of officially licensed merchandise for games like Dark Souls, Hollow Knight, Undertale, Katamari Damacy, and Persona 5. Not to mention Easy Allies t-shirts. <laughs> Their newest products include the Hollow Knight Collector's Edition for Switch, PS4, and PC, a Prince and Katamari Magnetic Plush, and a Metaton EX posable figurine from Undertale. Check out their store at fangamer.com. Elphanis. Hogue Law Business Law Firm. Whether you're starting a business at level one, stuck fighting the dreaded fundraising boss, or finally cashing out with a well-earned high score, you need a good business lawyer at your side. And now, that good business lawyer has a YouTube and podcast series, Virtual Legality. This week in Virtual Legality, Hogue discusses the difficult choices put before Steam when certain games try to push its boundaries. Amy Hennig's fascinating take on the future organization of the industry, and a spoiler-filled post-mortem analysis of what works and doesn't work in the latest addition to the MCU, Captain Marvel. Check it all out at youtube.com slash H-O-E-G law or at major podcast locations. The Hashcast, a weekly podcast by the Hashtagonist that aims to highlight the people behind the products and content that brings us joy. Every week, professionals from the gaming, movie, and tech industry share their stories to provide you with some unique insight on their careers, their passions, and why they love doing what they do. Whether you have an interest in game development, animation, or just want to hear all about how Able Gamers is making the world a better place, The Hashcast has an episode for you. Check out the latest episode with Brittany Johnson, known for her roles as Angel in Borderlands and Nona in Oxenfree. This episode digs into her multi-faceted career as an actress, on-screen talent, and business mogul. If you want to see more of the Allies, check out the episodes with Brandon, Ian, or a very spooky episode with Amanda Troop. Hmm. Sweet Justice, a sound design company from the southern shores of the UK. They've worked on some of the biggest AAA titles, the most refreshing indie titles, and collaborated with the best development teams in the world. The Able Gamers Foundation, a nonprofit charity that aims to improve the overall quality of life for those with disabilities through the power of video games, creating opportunities that enable play in order to combat social isolation, foster inclusive communities, and improve the quality of life for people with disabilities. The link to donate is in the description. iKeyless.com is now Car Keys Express. Check them out at carkeysexpress.com/store. They continue to offer replacement car keys for less than the dealership and remain proud sponsors of Easy Allies. Use the, co- use the coupon code EZA at checkout for free shipping and 10% off of your order. Mango. And our mega sponsor, River Horse. Our friends over at Riverhorse can teach you the ways of the Now platform. You can get started with the ServiceNow Fundamentals course that Riverhorse teaches on a regular basis. This three-day interactive training class is where you'll learn about the ServiceNow user interface, the database schema, security access, and all the configuration techniques to tailor the Now platform for your company. With Riverhorse, you'll learn to master ServiceNow capabilities through hands-on, real-world instruction. As an authorized training partner, our education advisors are able to teach over 12 official classes. We'll also be at the Knowledge Conference in Vegas from May 5th to the 9th. Riverhorse will be teaching in the pre-conference training and hosting events throughout the week. 
If any of the allies will be in attendance, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter or email so that you can join us at our company events and get some free swag. We are proud to support the Easy Allies and look forward to supporting all allies that work in the IT industry. Look us up at www.river-horse.com. All of these links are available in the description. Thank you to our sponsors. Able Gamers is not an official sponsor, but somewhat a lovely sponsor. Gave a shout out. To I Able still Gamers. consider them official. Of course, yeah. Able Gamers <laughs> is a friend for sure. I'm sorry, Han. I'm going to be at the Knowledge Conference. Yeah. I'm. So- I got to go to the Knowledge Conference in Vegas. Uh-huh. Yeah, but if you're so smart, are you going to the Knowledge? Are you going? Yeah. Are, are you there? <laughs> no. You the keynote speaker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, I thought of two corrections uh, in in the midst of podcast halftime. Corrections for this very episode. For, for this very oh, episode. Wow. Um, Devil May Cry 5 is on my fantasy team. I said it was on Ian's incorrectly. Oh, Ooh. last week. Yeah. Okay. Of course you correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, that's some points, baby. <laughs> that's a well-reviewed game. Uh, and then, um, uh, oh, the other one is like uh, follow-up. Uh, in regards to, we, we asked last week, I asked the audience, I asked Huber, like if we should... Uh, uh, um, not talk about THQ Nordic anymore mm-hmm. on this podcast. And generally, like, I read what you said. Blood and Birth and I had a discussion. It's like, we'll still talk about THQ Nordic, right? Like, we had the conversation about what was done. But, like, you, you, it's up to you, the listener, to, like, make your own judgment on those things. And, like, you can skip ahead if we're talking about those things. But uh, we will continue to talk about Biomutant on this very podcast. I hope so. You hope so? I'm excited about Biomutant. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that's a policy going forward. Uh, thank you to the pleasant responses. That little mutant didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> Just trying to save the world. That little mutant is Just up to some trouble, buddy. He, he, he's a little mischievous guy. Yes, yeah. that is a mischievous little mutant. <laughs> he's, he's probably evolved somehow. <laughs> hey, I don't know if y'all realize this. There's VR on the Nintendo Switch. Coming oh, yeah. Can you yep. believe that? This should, this should have been the biggest announcement of the week. <laughs> but the implementation is, of course, through Nintendo Labo. Uh, Nintendo announced last week, pretty much just sent out a tweet, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Hey, everybody, we're, uh, we're doing VR. Uh, check out this Labo <laughs> kit coming out next month. It really kind of felt like that, huh? Yeah, it was yeah. so strange. What a strange announcement. And so basically, if I can explain it to everybody... Um, uh, there are like goggles. It's a you. I think everybody has seen cardboard VR, right? Where right. you just sure. slide your cell phone into it. The Samsung kind of has a thing like that too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's that. It, 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 ten, it is. Ten years ago, do you did you imagine yourself saying the statement on this podcast? Everyone knows about cardboard VR. I guess I wouldn't have. Yeah, <laughs> it was strange. Uh, Way and, past that. And I mean, Nintendo had been clearly looking at it. I think they had some VR patent for the Switch. And I'm like, nah, dudes, you're not going to try it. Your screen is too blocky and bad. But they're going for it. Um, and so, yeah, it is. It's a cardboard VR. Uh, there's a base kit that is 40 US dollars. That is, uh, you have your VR headset, and then you also put a, a gun in front of your face. And so, basically, <laughs> you're looking into the back end of a bazooka and just kind of looking around. Uh, I mean, like, what that is it? Hard. I have a hard time picturing. I didn't. I didn't look into the details. Okay, so what is the Super Nintendo bazooka called? Super, Super scope. scope. Yeah. So imagine like the Super Scope, and instead of on, over your shoulder, you just put it in front of your face. <laughs> And so whenever you're playing... You're going to destroy something with that. Yeah, you absolutely will. And here's the, the stranger thing is that there's no trailer for what that game is. We just see a person doing it, but right. we don't know what they're actually shooting at in there. Uh, we have no idea. Can I offer you some head cannon? Please. So between this... That is a head cannon. And, what do you mean? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's where and, the podcast so, should end. And somebody <laughs> dared to call you dumb, Bloodworth? That's piece number two. 
Go ahead, Ben. I uh, <laughs> I don't even think. I think what Nintendo is what is driving them forward, why they make so many decisions, mm-hmm. is just to see the reaction. I think it's, <laughs> I think it is driven by spite, but not like a mean spirited spite. Yeah. It's just like they get bombarded with all the stuff. Like you guys gonna do our VR, VR, VR. Mm-hmm. Like, wait till they see this. You're right. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'm going to prom, but I'm wearing a trash can. Yeah, yeah, yes. it is. Yes, that's exactly it. That is what they're doing. Uh, so uh, you can spend eighty dollars for the entire VR Labo kit. Uh, that will include a camera add-on. So you're staring into a camera. Uh, they show you looking at fish. Uh, again, they're not showing gameplay. They show an image of a person with the camera and then fish floating in front of them, and it's left to be implied what they're looking at. You remember that? Remember Batman Returns? Um, and then everybody's watching that VR fish thing that Jim Carrey made? That's Batman Forever. Batman Forever. And then so like Jim Carrey made this VR fish thing and everybody's just like getting brainwashed by looking at VR fish. I actually do remember this. Yeah. I think it's specifically uh, his boss that gets the fish. I think they're all watching different things in VR. I mean, just think remember the family sitting down in front of their couch watching. I guess we should call it AR fish. They're fish when, when he does it to his boss oh, okay. with the mustache whose uh-huh. name uh, I cannot remember. Uh, he's definitely fishing. He's definitely oh, like, okay. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's reality now. Um, but it's a switch, right? All of these devices, you put your switch in, it switches yeah. the screen. Yeah. And that is portable, but not light. Right. I mean, like, the new Oculus is just dreamy how light it is. And, like, the Samsung VR, like, your phone's not intentionally not super heavy. That switch is on your these head? These are all things you're your holding. Your neck? Holding the switch? There's like, no, Jones, there's no strap or anything that goes around your head. You're holding it up in front of your face. Oh, that's, no. Yeah. Nope. Um, nope. Also is uh, elephant, bird. And wind pedal. Elephant's the most interesting because I had to explain this. Okay, so um, the one of the Joy-Cons of the Nintendo Switch has an IR sensor, right? Yeah. And the way a lot of the, the uh, uh, Labo things work is that IR sensor looks at uh, points that are white and it senses where it is in direction to those things because it knows where it is in relation to the white, white dots, whatever. So... The elephant kit is a VR headset uh, with a big, dumb face that covers your face, resembling an elephant and its two large ears, and then a little robotic arm that resembles an elephant's trunk. And so basically, the Joy-Con is at the end of the trunk, looking at in the elephant's face with the white dots, where it is in relation to the elephant's face. And that is Nintendo's VR workaround to create a paintbrush in 3D space. You have to look like an elephant. (laughs) <laughs> but you're holding this up? You're holding it up, too! You're holding up the elephant! One arm for the brush, one arm to hold up your elephant face! And you're a child doing this? I'm an adult! <laughs> <laughs> are, are adults in the marketing? No. Like, I haven't seen a lot it of that It is all stuff. kids. It is all kids yeah, see, that's, I, I yeah. think almost at every single turn, they're, they're trying to play this down as yeah. much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just kind of, like, kind of like the whole Glabo aesthetic, where it's just like, we'll see how this goes, mm-hmm. you know? Which is probably the best way to do it. Am I the only one who is going to buy the $40 blaster kit? <laughs> Am I the only one in this? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Ben? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jones? I know. Oh, I'm not. I didn't buy Labo. I'm not. No. I did buy Labo. That's why I'm. What'd you buy? Which one? I bought the uh, the the pack that had like yeah. the piano, the fishing rod. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the motorbike. The variety kit. Yeah. Yeah. I did two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I have the view. It was fun, but. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, mean, I think the biggest I'm criticism good. against Labo is that there's just not any 
further way to apply those things. So the yeah. vehicle kit apparently is like a game. There's a whole game in there. There is a game. I there is software that? that comes with them, but yeah. beyond that, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess you can use the steering wheel for Mario Kart if you would so choose. Um, it's still in its Amazon box. I haven't even taken that thing out of the Amazon box yet. <laughs> The, Someday. The novelty wore off very quickly. Yeah. Um, I think it's cool. As Ben said, it's, I mean, like, it, it, and Jones, too. It's kind of experimentation, right? It's yeah. like a low-cost uh, attempt to see if there's an audience for VR with Switch. And so maybe whatever next generation is, they're like, oh, we have proof right now. We gathered the data, Google-esque, uh, and then, like, we know that people do not want VR. We won't look at that any further. I really want them to have this this mega you're going to be able to play Xbox games on Switch, but you can only play Halo as the elephant. That's it. That's the only way that it works. You must. You must. Yeah, I'm looking at these images again. It's the game of the year. Yeah. The- Every kid is holding their, they're holding it right up to their dumb faces. You poor kids. What is a wind pedal? They don't even say. They don't even say, like, but what, this is what the wind pedal does for you. Kyle... Based on your description, the, so the tagline that you're looking at on this page is simple, friendly, friendly and fun. fun. Yeah. It did not sound simple. Doesn't sound fun. No. Friendly? I get it. Mm-hmm. Looks a little friendly, except for that elephant face. A little One creepy. Out of three. Um, all right. So, I mean, we, we covered it. Hey, Labo, we covered you. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see if anything comes of it. Uh, last thing I want to cover news-wise this week is about E3 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, EA recently announced their their annual EA Play uh, event that usually runs in conjunction with E3. Well, slightly ahead of E3. Slightly ahead of E3, but also during. That's why. Also, mm-hmm. you could like walk up and go to it. Yeah. Um, is different this year. First of all, no E3 press conference right. on Sunday. I, they did Saturday last Saturday, year. Saturday, They did yeah. last Saturday last year. They're having some kind of kickoff on Friday night, I think. They, I think they shifted everything a little bit They back. did. Yeah. Yep. So that's the second half of this. No press conference. Also, their entire event runs Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're going to be done before E3 even starts. Mm-hmm. You will not be able to go to E3 and then walk around and go play some EA games. They're going to be I done. I mean, the past couple of years, you really couldn't anyways. Because they're at the Palladium and that's too far away? It's way too far away. Got yeah. it. I mean, you're going to hop on a train and wait for like... 30, 45 minutes, yeah. Yeah, so that's what's happening. Um, no press conference, no big announcements. What they decided to do instead, you know what, I should pick their own words because it's kind of fun. Um, uh, <laughs> okay. It all starts this year on Friday night, June 7th, 2019, with an all-new EA Play kickoff event. Oh, a press conference? We're skipping the press conference this year and are replacing it with multiple live streams that will air during the first two days of the event, bringing you more of what you've told us you want, more gameplay, and insights from the teams making the games. Weekends are meant for play. And so then they go on to explain that uh, they're done. They're wrapping as Sunday night. Which is like a terrible idea. It's kind of fun to just... Jones, it's really kind of fun. Go straight to the horse's mouth, get these devs to, to introduce their own games and get extended time to this talk about what Sony's about been them. talking about. Maybe yeah. this isn't fair, but this just reads to me like we're talking about updates to games that are already out. No way, dude. What about Respawn Star Wars? Okay, I'm saying there's going to be a little bit of that. <laughs> there's going to be a little bit of yeah, that. Yeah, when does that drop and how? Yeah. You know, like, is that right. just a video, or is that the first thing they're going to talk about? Oh, or? that is the first... Dude, we're going to have an hour... Look, so my, my... I hope that's not true. My big question to this panel, uh, it won't be entirely relevant to the people at home, but I think it's, it's an interesting question about this. What do we do with this? How do we cover this? Do we come into the studio and react to these hours-long streams of them playing games? Or do we just let that happen on its own? And like, Yeah, what? I don't think that we would um, unless something about that kickoff 
says, hey, we're going to have Star an Wars. overview of what to expect this weekend. And then, okay, that's basically your press conference, even if that's not what you're calling it. Um, but if, if it's, yeah, if it's like the Treehouse streams that Nintendo does... And that's all they're doing. Then, yeah, it's probably it's probably weird to try to sit around and react to that stuff. Yeah, what I think would be useful, what I would want as an audience member is to let that play out, and then we come and say, okay, here's what was interesting about that. You know, here's this one moment in this game that looked cool. Just really truncate it for people. Take these days and and explain it in 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I think they're gonna have huge views on these things they're going to own friday and saturday sunday they're not even streaming um that's called e3 hunger yes mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah that's what we call the e3 hunger <laughs> yeah um, just like how we i mean when we did do the press conferences we always rated them higher than they should have just because like oh it's e3 yeah, that's, yeah. that was okay you're right you're you so know? right <laughs> um <laughs> and then we get to the other press conferences it's like oh yeah ea wasn't really <laughs> so jones you said it's smart is it the right call is it the right call for ea not to do a press conference this year uh, I, I mean, the, we're not going to know until we see what they do because it's, I think the, a right call in terms of announcements that haven't happened yet, updates that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know what's on you know on their plate. You, you'd like to think that Sony's making the right call by backing out of E3 and doing their own things, but we're like we're not going to know until that PS5 gets announced. We're not going to know until the next time we see Ghost of Tsushima and like wh- when that's going to happen in what form. Is it going to get its own event or are you going to have a, another you know PSX kind of thing and then attach it to that? Um, but it's interesting with EA because this isn't met with like a venue change. They're going to be in the same place, I'm assuming. Yeah. So like they have that theater already, and it's yeah. interesting like they're not going to use it or they're going to use it uh, because this the, basically what they're doing is just EA the EA play without that initial press conference. Like they did do that. Like you could go there and and get demos for games and and they did did have kind of like deep dives into to each game following that. Is this going to have a host or is there going is it just going to be like the different groups? They haven't said anything about a host. I feel like what's implied though is that it'll be hosted by developers. Yeah, okay. you know when they said like we, you want insights from the developers themselves. I wonder if Keeley moved the needle on this at all with uh, the Coliseum, because it sounds like the Coliseum basically. You Coliseum know? is con- in conjunction with E3. Keeley's crying; he's not happy about this. Oh, no, I'm not saying Keeley's happy about it. I'm just oh, saying okay. I wonder if he kind of laid. He and Nintendo have kind of laid this blueprint for. Yeah. There's so much to talk about for E3. What what's the bigger win? Do you want people tuning in for that hour and then talking about you for half of the day, or do you want people tuning in all day, all week? You do. You want because that. Yeah. you know it's like we made fun of Inside Xbox a couple times for them having like oh sweet DMC footage kind of like wedged in between just you know an hour and forty minutes of you know yeah. but did they win? Because I watched for those two hours yes. <laughs> like we all tuned in and so like are we going into that era of like having to just like needle in a haystack just watch these massive things because they know like. Sometimes it's like radios when they do giveaways. Like sometime in the next three hours, we're gonna play this song. Mm-hmm. So tune in. Yeah. yeah what you I think is like, funny is, I mean, so obviously, I think the lesson to, to me, the lesson that EA is taking is is from Treehouse Live and Nintendo doing that, but they're not doing it with a matching direct style. At least right. from what we see so far, right. direct style presentation, which I think is what EA really, really needs because their press conferences. The problem is that they've. They just drag on, they, they and they sh- include a lot of things that like v- like only part of their audience cares about. They right? stand up on stage and act like they're doing us the biggest favor in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're so right, Blood. Is that uh, there is an audience who want, is curious about what's happening in FIFA this year? Yeah, like yeah. where are you, you going to be emotionally though? When they're like they have the big montage and anthem and Star Wars and everything. You're like, oh, get Madden, mm-hmm. the EA, and they're like, so anyway, the Sims, and you're like, ah. 
Yeah. Do I stop watching? <laughs> you know, like this year this you could t- be Star Wars you in twenty totally minutes. Do. And this year you totally do. It's like, <laughs> yeah, if they have Sims a full schedule out ahead yeah, of time. Not, on and Friday, like, okay. there's nothing else really yeah. to tune into. Yeah, I love yeah. that. You're right. I kind of like this. I wonder if by going all day, how hard do they push? And you can pre-order right now. <laughs> right. They'll push like, that no matter the what. Ubisoft style ads that keep popping up the yeah, entire time. Yeah, but I mean, I just I wonder if they're from their perspective is like we can create so much more time and flash that message way more often. Um, before we move on, let's go quickly run through. Is Bethesda having a press conference this year? Yeah, sure. Is Square Enix having a press conference this year? Ooh, a direct, their direct style video. I liked what they did. I think they have room to improve it. Um, Are they doing it? I think they've got I, stuff to I talk think, about. I think they could. God, yeah. announce an Avengers game sometime. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna say yeah. Is yeah. Nintendo gonna have a direct on Monday? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah. all right. That's the easiest one. Uh, is, Wait, Monday or Tuesday? Because then they they do it Tuesday morning. You're Tuesday, sorry, yeah, yeah. on Tuesday. Uh, Ubisoft, are they going to have a big yes. old press conference? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Go and strong. then uh, I think Devolver's already said they're doing something, yep. and I think Xbox has already said they're yep. doing something. Cool. All right. And Xbox probably going to be back at Microsoft, the theater at Microsoft. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to be. Because worked out well. Yeah. The weirdest E3. It's they got to get, get E3 to figure out the stupid bag logistics. That was dumb, though. For Xbox? Yeah. This is what we need to be talking about right here. The bag logistics. <laughs> but I fix yeah. your bag logistics, a Microsoft. But I like I, like I, you I, had to be like you had to have like special access. You had to have like press access to like bring a bag into E3. And yet at E3 they give people the stupid giant swag bags. But Microsoft is in another building, so as soon as you leave the building, you can't bring your bag back in. And I so it just creates this weird dilemma of do I go to Microsoft today or do I wait till tomorrow because I got this bag? Yeah. I, what I remember, Blood, is that like a, like a month earlier, there was some thing about like, hey, you can get into conventions without security really easily. And so they kind of overcorrected mm-hmm. and just made sure that nobody's bringing anything into the convention hall. I think that's what that was. Well, yeah, I mean, it used to be in, in the past years of E3, uh, the, the security checkpoint was the the actual show floor halls themselves so you could walk anywhere inside of those buildings that was the hallways with a chainsaw you could bring in a chainsaw in and like get it revving and nobody would stop you. maybe e3 i did um, but i mean there's still security around they probably would have noticed uh, but but yeah so you could you could as just a regular person walk around that convention center and yeah. there were things specifically designed to take advantage of that they were like ex- external booths and things like that in the hallways yeah. to to get those people uh involved uh and last year it was like crazy airport security like outside of the building everyone had to go through metal detectors and stuff yeah i wonder if it was the same this year uh it is now time for love and respect love and respect um, I'll start with a cute one. Hello, allies. I write to you one month away from my child's due date. <gasps> Mom and I are very excited. This event, though, has me thinking about things I did not do. <laughs> has me thinking about things I did not do and things I would have done more. Oh, gotcha. I know I'll be able to continue gaming once the baby's born. Bless you, Switch. But it'll be a long time before I have unbroken, undistracted gaming time on my hands. So I pose you to you a question. If you only had a month to cram with gaming experiences, what would you fit it in? Uh, new stuff, old stuff, favorite stuff, classic stuff. Thanks, allies. Love and respect as always. Justin Runga. Anything that doesn't have a pause button. <laughs> 
If you're playing Souls or multiplayer. Oh, you mean like get out of the way now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I really think I would assemble like a greatest hits. Like, really think about it and be like, these are the video games that mean the absolute most to me. <sighs> and just spend a, a month revisiting them. To me, that's so much pressure. Like, I would go the opposite, Ben. Like, to me, it's like you're putting too much pressure on a game. Oh, no, no. And, like, you're like, you're not great enough right now. I need to be optimizing my time. It's like, I'm worried <laughs> no, no, about no. you. I, I think you can be a lot more casual with that. Like, you just make the list, and you don't have to be like, I need to get through all of these. You just follow your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you play. Got you, got you. Like, you assemble the list, and it's not necessarily like, I need to refinish all of these games again. I need to 100% all these games. It's just like... This is why I cared about this hobby in the first place. Yeah. And, and you know, spend as much time with them as you need to to remember that. I love a good long RPG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could also just do one But that's the thing. A good long yeah, RPG, RPG. If it, especially if it's turn-based, like, that's perfect for after the baby's around. Oh, I get what you mean. Yeah, but, like, I love, like, chunk, I love giving chunks of time to an RPG. Mm-hmm. Here's what I would worry that may happen with an RPG mm-hmm. is... When you have something, let's say, let's say it's eighty hours. Yeah. You have that first weekend. You're like, man, I got ten hours and I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. And that confidence is is helps you along. And then you get to like the final week, and you're like, oh, I still have twenty hours left. Like, I, I don't know. I think it could work against you. Got you. Got you. Feel that pressure. Got you. Got you. To to finish off that journey. Another thing I think about is like playing like a childish game that I couldn't play as a father anymore. So it's like once you become a dad. Like, you can't play that anymore. You're you, a dad now. You find a copy of Thrill Kill. Yeah. You have a spin <laughs> with Thrill Kill. Yes. Yes. Because once you're a father, no more Thrill Kill, bud. Get that out of your life. And so it's basically a bachelor party of being a father, <laughs> I guess. Like, you get one month to just, like, get all of those games out of the way. Uh, Jones, what do you, what do you recommend? I always have? try to stay relevant. So, like, I would want to try to... You know, if, if that was like next month, I would be playing Far Cry New Dawn. I'd be playing stuff that I like had missed so far mm-hmm. in 2019, okay. and just like got to get ahead before Far Cry New Dawn is yeah, your pick, like though. The dark. You, like that's the most I relevant it, game yeah. you can think of. Well, I'm trying to think of. You'd spend I've, your final I've played a lot of other things. That'd be one of them. We have a month now. Far Cry New Dawn's not going to take me a month. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, just caught up on things that like at the end of the year. If I like blink and it's December, like well, at least I can join the goatee discussion and bring up something kind of like I did with Odyssey. It's like I don't expect this to run away with a lot of awards but I, I, I like having had experience with it but that's the trick is like do I just go full board on something like Division 2 and like have a lot of things to say about one game or mm-hmm. do you like split that up among six games and like can't talk about the ending can't really talk about the story twists but I did play like four hours of it so I don't know yeah but yeah I always try, I always try to stay current it sucks when I hit the new year and I just think like Ooh, stuff from last year like I don't know if I'm you're gone I don't know if I'm going back yeah it's a fun question. Uh, and I like that it's not like you get a month to live. It's like, hey, yeah, yeah, just yeah. a month from now, like you'll be able to play games mm-hmm. later on, but like for a while. I'm I was absolutely treating it like a month to live. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of were like, I make a bucket yep. list and then I just ride it out. This is it? Nope. Um, yeah, that's a question too. Uh, look, Jones, I know you're sick of this, but I like this question. I want to make it clear. Fantasy Critic no longer a, a mega sponsor, but yeah. I, we can't stop talking about it. And I think this comes around to a genuinely interesting question. Here we go. Yeah. Good day, allies. <clears throat> Always a good way to start a question. Um, I'd like to talk to you about Fantasy Critic games. I'm currently involved in two leagues, one with my work friends and the other with fellow allies from the community. Shout out to Easy Allies Allies League. Great name. Shout out. I love Fantasy Critic. It makes me excited, anxious, stressed, and I love it. And... The feeling will last all year. 
Instead of casually thinking of Call of Duty or Battlefield, which we'll review better, I'm wondering if Mortal Kombat 11 will re review better than Ori and the Will of the Wisps. <laughs> mm. Instead of thinking if I should pick up Murdered Soul Suspect for $3 on sale, where it could be $2 in six months, I'm wondering if $1, $11, or $24 should be enough for Trine 4. The last Trine, Trine 3, scored 67, a bad score, but Trine 4 is returning to the art style of Trine 2, which scored 87, a great score. Will my other league members think it's worth it? Will they ignore it? What should I do? <laughs> Fun fact, since Pokemon Gen 8 was revealed to be Pokemon Sword and Shield, its hype factor has exploded. It's now ranked 7th on hype factor, where before Pokemon Direct it was down in the 40s. In the end, thanks to Fantasy Critic, I've garnered a new sense of marketing intrigue. I've researched franchises that I never really knew much about, Pro Evolution Soccer and Total War, Total War good pick, and also developed a newfound respect for viewers after reading more and more, especially Easy Allies, who are best in the biz. I guess my question, to gain some more inside knowledge, is how much influence does one game have on another uh, overall review score that were released close to each other? Would Horizon Zero Dawn gotten a lower open critic score had it released after Breath of the Wild? Will the simplicity, color, and cozy nature of Yoshi's Crafted World be more welcomed after the harshness of Sekiro, released only weeks before? Did Ben enjoy Metro or other games more or less because of his experience with Fallout 76? Are scores <laughs> ultimately affected by the games played around it? Thanks for everything you do, and good luck, Kyle, Ian, and Don in your league. Love and respect. Always, Doug. Can I just say that has been a, a comment that has been happening for months, where they're like, oh, man, I bet Ben is, is glad to be done with Fallout 76. Like, Were you not? I got to, no, I, I was, mm -hmm. but there's this sense that, like, I'm cleansing myself or something, <laughs> and it's just not really accurate to how... It will how, always stick with you? No, 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 no. There's no, no washing no, no. that off? I mean, like... With the, with the crackdown and... Uh, Anthem. Anthem back to back, yeah. No, it's just it's not like that at all. Okay. Is what I'm trying to say right. is, uh, it it one I don't approach it that way, and B it is both my job to play video games and and think about them and review them, but I'm also just playing games all the time, and yeah. so like once Fallout 76 was done, I was I was already playing a bunch of other things. Like can't hurt them. Yeah, it's not. It's Before not like 76 I just want to. Well. I just want to say, like, I think people kind of treat it like this ghost that is following you, that is like plaguing your mind. It's like, no, it's it's not like that. It's not it's not occupying that much space in my soul. Uh, Jones. You did play two little stinkers back to back. Just Cause as well. The, the game I reviewed before yeah. that was oh Just Cause goodness. Four. So yeah. I'm gonna. I got a good streak going. Uh, does the game you played previously like affect how you feel about another game? Not at all. I think it does. You really come to me and say not at all. Like, don't you think games raise maybe, standards? Maybe about like having time to play it. You know, like sometimes I review mm -hmm. something where like I'm like, oh man, when, when am I gonna wedge in the time to do this? Like yeah. Anthem's like, damn, I'm not playing it until it starts, and so it's like I'm already late, and so like I, w I felt a little rushed like to get that done. Um, you Red Dead, you know, had like a super tough you know deadline to hit, um, but like I I can't, I can't think of. So again, it, it might like speak to my experience, kind of like my emotional state just going into the process. But mm -hmm. like once the code is done and that title screen comes up, like I. You start from scratch every time. It's just like, mm -hmm. oh, here's this brand new thing. I don't know, because it's I, yeah. I, I've never I've never booted up a game and been like, well, this is gonna suck. Like I didn't like Crackdown. That was probably the lowest score I've ever given a video game. But like when that title screen came up, I was like, come on, Crackdown. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like let's do it. Let's do it. Let's you know. Let, let, I want this game to blow me away. I um, do. I so. do think it uh, it can though. Uh, just I'm I'm not reviewing the Division Two. Right. But I do feel like the way that I'm thinking about the Division Two is just is coming off of my experience of Anthem. Yes. Yeah. Because 
in a lot of ways, I do feel like they're trying to accomplish similar things. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't, you cannot help to compare them. Yeah. I think the, the yeah, timing I mean, I in think, which they're coming out. I think it's very interesting. Like, you know, like like I'm curious, like how much what you think about Astral Chain is going to be somewhat informed by what you think about DMC Five. And Bayonetta 3, dude. Yeah, yeah I, think, Bayonetta, I think... Bayonetta 3 is a little further off, I but was yeah. thinking about that during Devil May Cry. Is like, uh, I think Bayonetta took the reins, right, from Devil May Cry 4. Mm-hmm. Like, Devil May Cry 4 looked dumb compared to Bayonetta. Mm, I don't know about that. Like, I, I think... I, I get why people make that comparison, and I yeah. think it's valid, but I think once you really get into the details, like, yes, they are doing a lot of things similarly, but they're also doing things so differently. I mean... Even just Devil May Cry 4 being split between Nero and Dante and Bayonetta focusing on Bayonetta makes it feel very different to me. Yeah, but I mean, I think there's no way Bayonetta 3 can match up to what Devil May Cry 5 has just done. Devil May Cry 5 has set a high standard. Yes, and I think it's going to hurt Bayonetta. uh, Yeah, but I also have a lot of faith in that team. I mean... Bayonetta was a whirlwind. I, there's still Bayonetta people out there that was prefer, a whirlwind. I have yeah. no reason to believe that Bayonetta three won't be a whirlwind. Sure. Yeah, there's well, still I, people out there that prefer Bayonetta mechanically to DMC five. So, who are these people? Hmm? Who? Who? DMC five combat is unreal good. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Who said that? Who? <laughs> Um, but I, I think I mostly view it from like a technical perspective because like okay. with Anthem and, and Division, like the main thing I would focus on from like where are we at with this industry perspective is like does it work? Like <laughs> Anthem didn't work at launch. Yeah. Division has issues, but works better than Anthem did. And so I think that directly ties in between those two experiences. For you to, yes. if you're approaching, you know, Division, if say Anthem did work really well and Division did not, you'd be like, come on, Division, like we're, we're caught well, up. You know what I mean? Like you, you, if, if also in this Anthem place. didn't work and Destiny Two didn't work and none of them work. Then like we'd be a little more forgiving, maybe like for division if division did not as well. But it's so like from a technical standpoint, that's okay. But the example they gave with Horizon and Zelda, I actually had that. I, I played Horizon first when everybody was playing Zelda, and then played Zelda after. And the big takeaway for me was like, oh, I can climb everything. And then when Frozen Wilds came out, and I went back. I was like, ah. you know, it was, yeah. it was weird to have Aloy run up against something. But like that's not me being like you know shame on you horizon it's just like that's just my my preconceived notion of what's possible in this genre but then horizon looks way better than zelda does yeah. just from a, a detail standpoint from a fidelity standpoint so uh, the the other weird comparison with anthem and division 2 is they're both the game's not out yet thing right we were playing division 2 before even early access yeah was out officially in the U.S., even though the servers had been turned on because of Australia, you know, and uh, oh, is that why they came on early? Yeah, <laughs> got it. And then same thing with you know with Anthem. Like the the biggest complaints and the biggest problems were in the early access period before launch. So it just everything's gotten real weird with those kind of games, especially. Um, in terms of like fantasy critic, to me, it's hard to find a correlation though. It's hard for you to like say you're looking at potential opportunities. Just like, oh, well, that game's definitely going to affect how people review that game. Shouldn't pick it up. No, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I. I do think what what influences more than than like the last things that you've been playing are is kind of like where things are right now and what the competition is like. Like I remember Bravely Default and not only my own review. Yeah, dude. But, yes, but yes, every yes. review Great it was example. kind of like, oh man, this is this is a very cla- it classically influenced RPG yes. that is is evoking like 
very particular feelings in a way that people really aren't right now, and there's kind of a hunger for this. And so I, I think it reviewed well because it was mostly a good game. We call that the RPG hunger. Yeah, but but I do think, depending on what's going on in mm. the industry, it is totally going to influence how people receive it, of course. Um, but that's that's way more general, I think, and is harder to predict than just... X game was bad. Yeah. How about Y game? I also very briefly just want to combat like, you know, in terms of editorial integrity, the the notion that like we're so upset about a game's quality that we're then going to like, you know, have angst and carry that into that like I'm so burnt out on 3, you know, 6 or 5 Oh. Point oh games that like when I get Days Gone I'm gonna give it a ten because I just can't handle this anymore you know it's like no I'm gonna judge Days Gone and Days Gone you've right. made that very clear yeah you know, so I, I just like I believe in like relativity right just that everything is our minds think of everything in relation to other things and so like of course oh, yeah. that other games will affect how we think of other games but there's it's not close to predictable yeah. right yeah excellent um, time for bets though Tom Clancy's The Division Two mm-hmm. will be released. <laughs> Officially, Friday, March 15th. How many viewers will there be on Twitch at this point next week? Currently, 52.8K. Where are we going to be next week, Jones? I always forget about that Tom Clancy part. I'd love to do some research on what, what Tom Clancy actually had to do with the, the division. Of the division. Yeah. I think he like pretty much gave his name to Ubisoft at this point. Or sold his name so to it Ubisoft. It feels Clancy-ish. Yeah. Just the world. 35K. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Daniel uh, Bloodworth. No. 34K. No way. Uh. <laughs> ben Moore. 15K. And I did 17,812. <laughs> wow. Let me lock that in. Fighting each other. We are. Uh, last week's bet was about Devil May Cry 5. Uh, what, we bet how many heads with silver hair there would be on the back of the box. Jones, you bet four. Damiani bet five. Huber also bet five. I bet three. On the back of this box, there are four screenshots. Two of them contain Nero. One of them has Dante. That is three silver heads, which is exactly the number that I bet. Hmm. Yes. Well what do you done. mean? We, they could have got two points. They got two oh, points the week before. Was, yeah, that would have been two, another two. That would have been rough. I don't think about that that often. These little, you know, possible point combos. I do. I think a lot about this. And then all of a sudden, whoa, they were caught up and now they're beating us. Yeah. Keep in mind, you do still have the poison thumb as well. If you hear a bet you don't like, you can say, I'm putting the poison thumb on your bet, Kyle. Hmm. I have to remind <laughs> them, Jones. I have to remind yeah. them about the poison thumb. It's easy to forget about. Uh, that brings our score to Scrappy Little Pigs 5. <laughs> Gorgeous Gorillas 5. Tied it up, baby. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about patreon.com slash easy allies. That would be a website you would go to if you were interested in supporting the easy allies, but also if you just want to see what we do. Mm-hmm. If you're curious about what this organization is and organization. Mm, yeah. yeah, you know what? We kind of are an organization. I like no. that. Kind of, we are. No. It's the only, I think if you go through all 153 <laughs> podcasts, the first time I called us an organization, though. I refuse to acknowledge us. Okay. Organization. Uh, if you want to see what this uh, group of people does, uh, go to that website. Go to patreon.com slash easyallies. Uh, fun tidbit that you might be interested in. If you give $5 or more a month, you get this podcast two days early. You get it on Wednesdays as opposed to Fridays in both audio and video form. Uh, the oh. last podcast had black frames on it. Sorry, YouTube did that, and I had a nutty week last week, and so I just didn't get ahead of that and render or try to repost it. And tech update is a whole different segment of this podcast. Apologies. <laughs> okay, now people pay good money to get this podcast early, and yep. the podcast they got early had black frames. So uh, it is now time for, for tech that. update with Brandon Jones. What would you like to tell us? <laughs> if you upload the same file to YouTube, it doesn't like it. Oh, I do know. It that. slaps you on your wrist, but yeah. it doesn't do it until the upload's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the upload's totally finished, and they're like, "And you're finished." Bad file. Sorry, get out of here with that file. Yeah, I well, I mean, that, yeah. So just that yeah. whole Rochambeau with you know throwing up a new file. 
taking out the other one. Like, I learned a lot last week <laughs> moving forward. And we don't, like, the black frames, we don't know. We don't know what caused it. Oh, it's just like a YouTube compression issue. Okay. I actually have no, haven't even seen them. I was just told they existed by other people. Uh, you know that wizard who hates us, Kasarar? <sighs> he went ahead and showed up at those, that little stand right after us. I just, you're not even surprised this time. I'm not. Like, honestly, no. And, like, he's probably stoked that we lost the pause button thing. But uh, uh, he bought the ability to uh, not know how much time you've played, put into a game. Hmm. And you just expect gonna, it. He's going to toss that into his own vile game. He's so, not even going to sneak up next time. He's just going to be standing behind us in line. I think so. And, like, what, at least we get and first who pick. are these patrons that are selling to this person? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, I don't judge them. I don't judge them. Like, we, we turned it down, right? Right. Okay. We had our doubloons. We spent our doubloons, right? I, I thought they copied the pause thing. We lost that. Yeah. Ooh. Not that it's just in both games. No, now, no, no. Capcom came in, took uh, Lenny's cauldron, and stole that out of, right out of the cauldron. I want to know I don't think they understand thing. the segment. <laughs> what is from, Konami going to steal from him? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Ben? I want to know one thing from our audience. Huh. Mm. If, if you recommended the Easy Allies podcast to a friend, yeah. and they sent you a text message or some form of, of communication that was just something along the lines of, LOL, dude, what's Guinea's cauldron? Yeah. <laughs> or any bit. Yeah. Or any any segment. Mm-hmm. And uh, how you responded to that. Uh, we have a guide for that. Uh, so, never mind. I was going to come up with a fake <laughs> URL, and like, then I'm going to have to do this. We do not have a guide. There's lots of dumb running jokes within Easy Allies. I realize it's hard to penetrate sometimes. Uh, to me, Actually, though... Actually, I think there might be some forum post somewhere. I'm like, I'm listening <laughs> to a podcast, right, for the first time, and I hear Glenny's Cauldron. I'm so in. This, I'm like, this is a podcast I've been waiting for. <laughs> Two listeners. No. Blood shakes his head. <laughs> this is not the podcast he wants to listen to. Uh, hey, I won the bet. I get the right responsibility to share my Twitter handle with the world. Get to promote any Easy Allies video I'd like to promote. I get the final word. Anything I've disagreed with, want to reiterate, just popped in my head. And I get to sign off with my trademark. Sign off. Um, uh, I am, of course, at Kyle Bossman. Uh, Easy Allies video I want to promote. Um, I mean, maybe we should promote the event. That's coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and so there's an alive event, uh, Easy Allies, Mysterious Monsters Mash. Monster Mash. Excuse me, like Mysterious Stone. Monster Mash. Uh, and you're like... Next Saturday. Oh, and can I... I'm sorry, can I just... just Please. Just offer just a, a no, choice No, this is the final word. We can both hop in on this. I'm working out with Sean, Sean Clinton, a.k.a. German Efficiency. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Mon- Monsters Mash, okay. And I'm like, you know the song. And he's like, no. I'm like, you don't, you, you don't know that song. Mm-hmm. You've never heard... I say Monster Mash to you and... I was working in the let just dead faced. Like, <laughs> no idea what that is. I was like, so did you play it for cool, him? Cool, legit. I mean, I I sang a couple bars, but no, I didn't like. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't go get my phone and then you know, take him through it. I mean, <laughs> the monster that, match. He, this sounds good. He can do that on his own time. I mean, he actually yeah. grew up in Germany, right? So, yeah, yeah. No, just you he, know, he, he, you're telling me they don't monster But it's a Germany? seasonal yeah. thing. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's a Christmas carols. So even right. if you didn't grow up with them, you cannot walk through a, a mall yeah. and not hear like the whole collection every and year. And monster sure. mash to me is very German. Like it, to me, it, <laughs> I think it would be huge that. there. You know, I don't get it. I don't get why, why is that hardcore German vibes. Uh, <laughs> it is to me a very structured song. Mm. Mm. It's very structured, well built, very whimsical. There's a lot of fantasy to it. Yeah, but there's that cold efficiency running through its heart. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. The mm. monster mash, you know, it's just yeah. like we're not like g- going all over with our bars and up and down the whole musical scale. The monster mash, you know, it's just very simple. My final word, Microsoft, get your bags together, buds. <laughs> okay, 
don't worry about Anaconda. Uh-huh. Don't worry about your digital-only box, okay? Because you have a bag problem that needs to be fixed now, or else we're not going. You want you want Bloodworth to come and wait in your line for three hours? No, let him bring a bag in, you fools. What do you think he's gonna bring in? A notebook to take notes during your conference? Yes, just let him do it. Fix this mess. Tomorrow is forever all ours. They have like this set number of times that they have to keep sneezing.